the Speak to It series, and I promised you that as we went into the summer, that we would be looking at the fruits of the Spirit. And some of you might have heard of the fruits of the Spirit. Most of them are just kind of focused on like the big three. Most of us think of love, joy, and peace, right? We understand what those are. We want that in our life. Um, But there's actually a lot more to the fruits of the Spirit than just love, joy, and peace. And I think that sometimes we avoid them because we don't want to admit that we don't have them maybe activated in our life. So let me read to you the verse where we get this passage about the fruits of the Spirit. And we'll, we won't do a raise of hands. I'll just do mine. I'll just do which ones I need to still work on, right? And um, because if we did a raise of hands, some of us might be lying in church, and we don't want to do that. But All right, so the passage comes out of Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. And it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, which I looked it up just in case somebody's like, what is forbearance? I usually say forbearance is patience, but it's the actual definition is, um, let me see here, patient self-control, which that's even like worse than patience. I mean, I have to have patience and have self-control. That's forbearance. Like, oh boy. Okay. So forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Okay, so that's our list. Now, obviously, I'm not going to go into detail with each one of those today. That's why we're, as we go through this summer, we'll look at each one individual. So today, we're going to kind of do an overview of and say, what are these fruits of the Spirit? How do we get them in our life? Why should we have them in our life, right? And so, again, we all like love, most of the movies Hollywood goes out with, even if it's like an action shoot 'em up movie, and it, it always irritates me, you know, because I'm just just a realist, you know, and I'm like, I'm like, why is he falling in love and gonna run off in the sunset with a woman he literally just met this morning? You know, like one day of, of shooting him up and running all over town does not mean that I'm gonna marry somebody. I, t- I hate to tell you that. If one of you gets in a car wreck with me and we got a flat tire and the mafia's after us and we go running through the woods for a day, we're at the end of the day. I'm not leaving my husband for you. Sorry, not gonna happen. But they do a shoot em up movie, they have one day of the running around getting chased by the mafia. And what happens at the end of the movie? Somebody fell in love. Why? Because Hollywood knows that as human beings, we all want to be loved. We all want a love story. So even in a shoot 'em up movie, there's a love story in it. So most of us get that fruit of the spirit love, and we all want to be loved. And we go through our whole life wanting to be loved by our parents and wanting to be loved by, you know, a spouse or a partner. And then, you know, finding love to a little dog. Like most of us get that one. So that one's a pretty obvious one. And then we go next into joy. And again, that's another one. We want joy in our life. We want happiness. We seek out happiness. We forget that joy is something that sustains us deep within. Instead, we want those temporary happinesses to come, right? And well, if I, if I get this job, I'll be happy. If I buy this thing, I'll be happy. If I get a new car, I'll be happy. I tell my husband all the time, if I just had a pool at my house, I would be happy, right? Like, we think that it'll make you happy, and then what, two months later, it's green, you know, it's algae, and you don't want to take care of it, and, and it's too much of a pain to go out there, right? And that thing that you thought was going to make you happy, right, ends up being sold in a garage sale or something, right, getting torn out. 
how many times have we done? Am I the only person that bought something I thought was going to make me happy? And it's down in your storage room two months later. Okay, I see some hands. I got it. I'm not alone, right? So, you know, love and joy we get. Peace we want. Again, those top three, those are the ones we kind of focus on as humans. Oh, you know, we're not, we're not at peace. Something's disturbing our peace. Someone's making us angry. But then we get into that forbearance, right? I need to be patient with self-control. Eh. I want it now. You know, Jesus and Paul and all of them that wrote this, they didn't understand that we were going to live in modern-day America where I can go through fast food and get my burger within five minutes. I can put a roast in the microwave and defrost it in 10 minutes. I can, you know, use my Instapot and have a pot of chili ready in 15 minutes. Why do I need to be patient anymore, right? I should just be able to have it now. I can go on Amazon and have it delivered overnight, <laughs> right? That's how patience is not something that, as modern-day Americans, we like to apply to our lives, but there it is. It's, it's one of the fruits of the Spirit. Kindness. Well, how about that one, you know? It's like, we, well, I'll be kind to you when um, my mother-in-law is in the house because I got someone watching me. How about that? But when she leaves, I might yell at the kids. Somebody done that, right? I don't know, like, okay, well, my neighbor's knocking on the door, so I'll hurry up and be kind, but then as soon as the door shuts, I'm still yelling or screaming, right? I mean, seriously, am I the only person that's ever, like, got it together real quick when somebody came to the door, but the minute before I was losing my mind over the Legos all over, right? My kids aren't so little anymore, but there's always something, right? But we, kindness is something that we don't just do when somebody's watching that we want to impress. Kindness becomes a fruit in us, and it comes out of us even when we're irritated. How many times are we kind when somebody cuts us off in traffic? <laughs> I, I see all of you out there. Some of you are, like, turning at each other looking, right? How many times are we kind even in our mind and our head? When somebody does something to us, sometimes the words that come out of our mouth are nice, but what's going on in our head, oh boy, you're glad that we don't read minds, aren't you? Because the thoughts that go on in our head, didn't Jesus say, if you, if you even think it, you've done it, right? I mean, that's why we stand up here and say, I'm a sinner. We're all sinners, right? We've all thought it. But when the kindness and that fruit of the Spirit can get deep down in us, which is going to be our goal this summer, is how do we get this stuff deep down in us, operating on a regular basis. To be kind even when you don't feel like it. Goodness. That one's hard, because is any of us really good? I mean, like, human natures, we're kind of like evil, right? We, we kind of have these bad thoughts. We kind of have these selfish thoughts. We kind of think, like, I, I don't, I don't want to be good sometimes, right? I want to be able to go do whatever I want to do and fulfill my fleshly desires whenever I want to fulfill them. But yet, a fruit of the Spirit, an evident fruit in our life, would be goodness. Now, see, I'm going to get done with this list, and you're all going to be like, I'm not coming back, because there's no way I could do all these things. But see, that's the thing. This is why it's a list that says this is a fruit of the Spirit. It's not by our might. It's not by our power, but it is by the Lord. But we have to invite him in and say, okay, yes, I do want to walk this out. We also have faithfulness, gentleness. That goes with that kindness one. How many times are we gentle about things? Or are we just like rough and gruff and, you know. And then the last one is self-control. Let's be honest. We can't be kind. We can't be faithful. We can't be good 
when our human nature doesn't want us to be without self-control. We really can't do any of these things without self-control. But that's probably the one fruit of the Spirit we talk about the least is the self-control. I think before I can say, Lord, help me be gentle and kind to everyone I encounter, not only in action and deed, but in my thoughts, I need self-control. I need to be able to control myself when myself wants to do these things that I know aren't right. So, all right, so we see this in Galatians. They're writing, and he's saying, it's by the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So this is a fruit. This is something that God has given us that when we invite the Holy Spirit to be in our life, it is something that we should produce. We produce fruits, right? A tree produces the fruit on it, right? We We don't go and get fruit and put it on an apple tree. The apple tree produces it. It is something that hangs on the outside of it, and other people can enjoy it. So as Christians, we see in Matthew 7, 16 that Jesus says, you will know them by their fruit. So as Christians, what we produce in our life and what kind of hangs off of us and what other people can take and enjoy should be these things. They should be able to see us producing love. They should be able to see us producing joy. They should be able to see us producing peace. They should be able to see that we have forbearance in our life and patience. And they should be able to see in us kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. The reality is, though, most of us, we accept Christ and we stop right there. We've talked about this before. You get, you get um, the gift of heaven, right? We say, okay, you know what? It's like John 10, 10, right? The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have life to the full. Most of us just stop at that life. We're like, okay, I, I've got Jesus. I need I'm going to heaven when I die, and that's the best I get out of him. I don't have that life to the full. I don't go to that next level. I don't invite the Holy Spirit in. I don't invite that fruit to begin to produce in my life. I'm going to basically live hell on earth, right? And what we need to do as Christians is recognize that Jesus told us to pray our Father prayer every day, right? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We should be praying, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I need to be praying for heaven on earth every single day. Well, in in heaven, people are patient. In heaven, people are joyful. In heaven, people are walking in love. In heaven, they have self-control. And so what we need to be able to do is say, okay, I'm going to apply this extra life to the full, and I'm going to embrace it. See, God's a gentleman. I was talking to somebody the other day about this. Somebody was asking me, well, do you do this or do you do that? Or, you know, like, okay, well, somebody's sick and they don't come to church, you know. um, You know, do you go to their house and pray for them? Or do you call them up if you haven't seen somebody in a few weeks? And I say, If they call the church and ask for prayer, then I'll call them back and I'll set up a time to go with them. But if they don't ask for that, I'm not going to be a controlling pastor that says, hey, you weren't here last week, where were you? I refuse to do that. Why? Because Jesus went into how many villages and there's not one account in all four Gospels of someone saying, Jesus walked over to this house and knocked on the door and says, I know someone in here is sick, let me heal them. But yet when they came to him and they said, hey, my son is at home or my daughter's at home sick, come to her and pray for her. He stopped what he was doing and he went and did it. 
See, he was a gentleman. He waited for people to ask. And so that's what he's doing right now. He's saying, hey, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit as a gift. If you want to apply it to your life, you'll have these fruits come out of you. And it'll be this gift. It'll be wonderful. But you have to ask for it. You have to apply it to your life. He's a gentleman. He's not going to force it on you. So the Holy Spirit is a gift, and we get these things. Some of these things, if we apply that Holy Spirit into our life, is love, joy, peace, forbearance, which is patient self-control, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And, and we come and say, anywhere else in the Bible it talks about the Holy Spirit coming down on us like this? But we see in Joel, Joel was a prophet, and he had prophesied in Joel chapter 2, verse 28, and he says, I will pour out, this is God talking, I will pour out my spirit, which we know God's spirit is the Holy Spirit, on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. So we see that, and that's just one place. There's a lot of different places that talk about how when the Messiah would come, he would release God's spirit on us. So in the, in the Old Testament, certain people would have the Holy Spirit come upon them. Those would be the prophets. Uh, King David had the Holy Spirit upon them. Different ones had the Holy Spirit on them. And not everybody had that. But in the New Testament, all of us who accept Christ, accept Jesus as our Messiah, we receive that Holy Spirit. Jesus talked about this in John chapter 14, verse 16. He says, And I will ask the Father... And he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he lives with you and will be in you. See, that's that Holy Spirit. He calls it here the spirit of truth. Just like the prophet said that in the last days that the spirit would be upon us. Is that a little bit better? Sorry. And Jesus calls it the spirit of truth. But he's saying when that Holy Spirit comes, not only will it be on us, but it will live inside of us. You know, that's why some people say when you accept Christ, he lives inside of you. His spirit is in you. And his spirit wants to produce these fruits in you. He goes on in verse 25 of John chapter 14. And he says, all of this I've spoken while I'm still with you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So when we receive this Holy Spirit, when we recognize that if I were to invite him in, not just let him be on me, but say, okay, Jesus promised you'll come in me. And I need you to teach me these things. The fruits that will begin to develop in our lives when we ask him and activate that Holy Spirit that's been promised to us is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So these are the things that have been promised to us that for most of us, we didn't, you know, we just thought it was our own power and our own might that we had to figure this out. I just, I got to try harder to be nicer to my, you know, coworker that hates me. I just got to try harder 
to be mad, you know, to get along with my ex or, you know, um, this person who has stomped on my shoes. I got to try harder to do this. I have to try harder to do that. No, maybe you just need to pray and ask the Lord to help you, you know, with the Holy Spirit inside of you. And then what happens is it becomes who you are. You become a person of kindness in the midst of unkindness. I mean, Jesus told us, love your enemy. Pray for those who persecute you. Be kind to those who've harmed you. Pray for them. Bless them. How can a Christian do that? That is so against human nature, right? When somebody cuts me off and slams on the horn at me and does whatever, human nature wants me to scream back or honk back or have road rage, right? But the Holy Spirit in us wants us to respond differently. And they're going to know us by our fruit. Like, wow, there's something different about her. I remember this was years ago. I was like 18 years old, and I worked at a place. And I had worked there for over a year. I had helped them go from being just a um, kind of like a child care babysitting thing at this resort to a licensed daycare center. And so I knew the ins and outs. But I was just a worker, I wasn't a manager, but I had been there from the beginning, and I helped help them with the paperwork. I had helped them do all this stuff. Well, the following year, that summer, we had hired another worker. And so when she, her and I shift would overlap, I would give her a lot of instruction because I knew she was new. And that's just who I am, right? I, I you know, I, I'm just, I'm, well, you know, we call it bossy if you're a girl. If you're a man, you call it being a leader. So we'll say I was a bossy leader to this woman, but her and I were at the same level, right? We're both just workers. Well, she didn't like that somebody who was at the same level of her was telling her what to do. So she went to the manager and said, Mary's always bossing me around and telling me what to do when, when I come in and when she leaves. So the boss came to me and said, I know you've been here. I know you know everything. I know she's new but I have to tell you about the complaint and, you know, let's figure out a way, like, what is she doing that you're noticing? Like how, you know, what can, what do I need to tell her? Come tell me and I'll let her know. And I'm thinking, you want me to go rat you out to the boss? <laughs> I know that sounds terrible, but this is my 18 year old mind, you know, thinking like, I thought you'd rather you me just tell you like, Hey, yesterday you didn't lock this up. You know, you didn't do this. Like, let me let you know. So I said, okay. And so we had this communication book. And I went to the communication book because I prayed about it. And I was like, I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be good. They all know I'm a Christian. They all know I go to church. And I just said, you know, hey, you know, I have been, you know, here for a long time. I was just overzealous to make sure that everything was done right. And I apologize if I've offended anyone. And in the future, I will do better not to, you know, be bossy or whatever she called me, right? And I signed it. And then everybody would read the communication book and you would initial it. But what here was what I, I never thought anything of it because just, you know, being raised as a Christian and knowing that this is what I need to be, I need to be kind. I need to be gentle. I need to pray and bless my enemies. I need to, you know, be good to those who persecute me. My boss came to me a couple days later and she said, I read your note in the communications book. And she's like, I just have to tell you that I was very surprised that you were so kind to her in your response and taking the blame for something that really she should have been corrected for, for not doing her job correctly. And she thanked me for it. And afterwards, it dawned on me that she was seeing the fruit in my life, right? Because how easy would it have been just to say, to take, you know, I didn't say anything to the boss, but, you know, she knew, she could kind of see what was going on, to be like, she's not doing her job and I'm the one in trouble. 
But instead, I took a moment to just be humble. And that, my friends, doesn't come natural. But we can develop it and be aware of it and apply it to our life. So now the big question comes, what does this passage mean? And why is it in Galatians? Why is Galatians 22 in here? Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We throw that verse around, like I've done so far, but we don't really know it in context. So I'm going to read it to you in context. All right? And then I'm going to go right to communion because we're all hot. I know. I can see it on your faces. It starts here in Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. I'm going to read the whole passage to you, and then we'll go back and look at it real quick. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. What does he mean by that? He means you're not under the law anymore. So many of us think like, oh, we have to be like Jewish Christians and follow all the Ten Commandments or we're going to hell. No, we go to heaven because of what Jesus did on the cross. The Ten Commandments, the principles of them still remain true today. The principles of tithing and giving and being rewarded, those are true today. But we don't have to do those things to go to heaven. The only thing we have to do to go to heaven is accept Christ. So he's talking to Gentile Christians and saying, you're free. You're not like Jews. You weren't underneath the, the, the covenant of the Jewish law. And that was like a lot of these letters. They'd go back and forth about, well, the Jewish Christians say we have to do this. Do we have to be circumcised? Do we have to do all this stuff? So the whole passage here is saying, you're free. You can live however you want. But there's still consequences to our earthly sin, isn't there? Okay, so he says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedoms to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Isn't Satan really good about that? He whispers in our ears, oh, you're sinning, oh, you did this, oh, you did that, the law says this, the law says that. Now, if we walk by the Holy Spirit, if we have the Holy Spirit so deep down inside of us, he'll show us what to do. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft. Hatred, discord, jealousy. Ugh, jealousy. He didn't know about Facebook back then, did he? Sorry. Uh, Fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. 
Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you may also be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they are deceiving themselves. Each one should test their own actions. He doesn't say test your neighbor's actions. He says test your own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instructions in the word should share all good things with their instructor. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. I like that. I like how he reminds them. He's talking to them about, again, do we live by the law? Do we live by the flesh, right? Or do we live by the spirit? What, what do we do here? And he's saying, look, you're saved because of Christ alone. But a man will reap what he sows. You keep lying all the time. Don't be surprised, right, when you get fired at work. When you, when you go into, you know, these addictions and you indulge in them, don't be surprised when your body breaks down, right? There, there's, there's, these things are here for a reason. Your salvation in heaven, that's because of Christ. But your quality of life and living heaven on earth is all to do with your actions and whether or not you have self-control. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh... From their flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from their spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. So now that's the passage in context of what this fruits of the Spirit is. So our goal as modern-day Christians is not to feel guilty and shame all the time and feel like we can't go into God's presence. No, we go before God whether we deserve it or not because he is good. But as we want to live a good quality life while we're here on earth and get along with the people around us and have good health in our body, we need to be able to produce the Holy Spirit fruits in our life. We need to have that self-control. We need to be able to walk in kindness and love. We need to have peace. So many of us, we have, right, anxiety or depression or um, all these different things because we don't have peace. Like, as we look this summer at all these different angles, we're going to see how some of them affect our bodies, right? That forbearance, patient self-control. Does that mean I eat an entire cake on my birthday? No, patient forbearance means I give half of it away. Say, you take some of this cake, and I will save this slice for tomorrow morning for breakfast, and I will wait until the next day before I have another piece. Why? Because that's going to be better for my body. Does it affect my soul or my spirit if I sat there and ate an entire cake? No, God will still talk to me. No, my husband will still love me. But my body is going to suffer. But maybe patient forbearance in my relationship. Maybe I hear my kid did something bad and I pray about it and the Lord is just like, let him wait before you say something. Wait before you say something. And I'm the mom, the type A that wants to be like, what are you doing? And I wait and I wait and I wait. And all of a sudden, three days later, they come to me and say, mom, you wouldn't believe what I did. And now I don't know what to do. If I would have said something the day I realized they did it, 
Maybe it would have caused a rebellious spirit to come up in them, right? But because I prayed and said, do I say something now or do I wait? Now they're coming to me asking for help, and now I can be the one to swoop in, and they're the wise one they're listening to. See, we're going to be able to learn this summer how we can start applying these things to our lives, and so that way we can walk in the spirit. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is true. We love you, and we're so thankful that you gave us the Holy Spirit, that first you sent Messiah, Jesus, to come down, and he promised us that gift. And as Christians, we can receive that Holy Spirit. So we come to you right now in the name of Jesus and ask you, Father God, not only let the Holy Spirit be upon these Christians, but may the Holy Spirit begin to reside in their hearts. If you want the Holy Spirit in you, say, Amen. And may that Holy Spirit inside of them begin to produce fruits. May that Holy Spirit in them begin to teach them and give them that wisdom to know when to be patient and when to speak up, when to walk in kindness and when to walk in self-control. We trust you and we ask you for your help. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I'm going to have the ushers come up. We're going to pass out the communion. If you can just hold on to your elements and then we'll all take it at one time. Everyone is welcome to the communion table. The only prerequisite is that you believe in Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. This was one of the last things he did with his disciples, and he told us that as we do this, we can remember him. All right, I'm going to bless these and pray over them. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I consecrate this bread and juice for Holy Communion. Father, may your Holy Spirit fill it in the name of Jesus. We pray, remember, and trust in you. Amen. All right, so they're going to hand these out. For those of you who may not be aware, there's a few different um, Gospels that show us when Jesus uh, did this. We're going to be reading out of the book of Matthew, chapter 26. The Jewish people had a tradition of once a year. So what you do is you peel back, you can get the little wafer out. And then you peel back the next level there, and it opens up your juice. Thanks to COVID, we now use these. Yeah, you might want to. I, I think the Welch's grape juice is great. I, these are not Welch's grape juice. Welch's, um, did you know that family actually produced wine? They had grapes, and they produced wine. And um, during the, uh, I don't know, I think it was early 1900s, might have been late 1800s, people were beginning to, understand more about addictions and alcoholism. And so what they were finding was that when they would offer the wine in the churches, those that were alcoholic couldn't take communion because they had made a commitment not to drink alcohol. So Welch's family began making just grape juice rather than wine, and they would offer it as an alternative for those that wanted to take communion without the wine. And people love their juice so much that now that's what they're famous for. I don't, know, I don't even know if that family produces wine anymore. They just do the grape juice. So it was literally Welch's company was started simply for communion. I just find that fascinating. But. So the Jewish people, once a year, they would remember when God had saved them from the Egyptians, and they would eat the Passover lamb, and they would have the, the bread, and they would, of course, drink the wine and the juice with their meal. Well, then Jesus comes along, and when they had that annual reminder right before he went to the cross he said now when you do this you're not going to have the flesh of a lamb you're going to have the bread and remember that my flesh went so what we do here is we start here in Matthew chapter 26 verse 26 it says while they were eating Jesus took the bread 
And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. So let's take the bread. Father, as we take this bread, we thank you that we are reminded that what Jesus did on the cross was for each of us personally. As we eat this bread, we are reminded that his body was beaten and it was broken for us. We thank you that Isaiah prophesied and we know that it was by his wounds we are healed. The punishment that brought us peace was put upon him and that we are forgiven of our transgressions and our iniquities. We receive healing, we receive peace, and we receive forgiveness as we take this communion. Amen? Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Now, if you need forgiveness of sins, let's take this and remember. and <laughs> Thank him. I need it, right? Let's take it. Father, we thank you for forgiving each one of us. We're not perfect. We try to do our best, but we need your Holy Spirit guidance. We need your fruits in our lives to help us. But we thank you that no matter what we're going through, we can always come to you. We can always call in the name of Jesus because we are forgiven because his blood was shed for us. We receive that forgiveness right now. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you all so much for coming today. The Blessing Shop will be open downstairs. And if you haven't yet signed up to help with anything next week, feel free to put your name and number. You'll get a call reminding you and letting you know what's happening. And for all of you that will be back next Sunday, we'll have the air conditioners going full blast. I'm going to get another one. I'm going to get a fifth one to put in that window because I know when we get them on all day on high, it really does cool down. So thank you all. And I know it won't be as hot next weekend, which is good. But have a wonderful evening. God bless.